Well, welcome everybody. Thank you for joining us once again. Welcome to our weekly webcast live from Canada and the UK at the same time. The wonders of technology. <laughs> and of course, Barry, you've already been around the world um, already today, haven't you? Yeah, I just went to South Korea and back. That's all. This morning, just for a, a brief... 7 a.m. Uh, our time here and it was 8 p.m. and and South Korea and our, our, our really dear friends church and so we're just doing their Wednesday night family meeting so okay. the wonders of technology and the internet good for you and I was in Poland last night <laughs> doing um, a webcast so yeah the wonders of technology we can be in different places at the same time <laughs> yeah absolutely and of course all you guys are joining us from all around the world which is wonderful that we have this opportunity so thank you thank you once again for joining us and those who are watching later thank you for taking the time so barry two weeks today what happens my friend <laughs> we will see each other in person we will and uh, it has been a quite a while since that's happened and uh, we'll be kind of meeting in the netherlands yay yep and uh yeah and my wife's coming with and we're going to have a, a nice fun time there and uh see some family uh some that we haven't seen for a while and maybe some people that have seen us digitally and <laughs> as our dear friend mike says uh mike hammond you, that i i can prove that i actually do have legs <laughs> just not a, and trousers not just, <laughs> not, yeah, not okay. your pajamas. <laughs> yeah, my, my, my wife will make sure i i that's all I'm all squared away that way, but yeah, we're so looking forward to being with you, Mark, and and uh, not only in the Netherlands, but but in Gloucester. Well and done, I I said Gloucester. That, right? You said it very well, Barry. Yes, yeah. yes. And uh, of course, with our dear friends uh, Wes and Sharon, which we just loved to bits as well, and that'll be great. And uh, everybody who I've been hearing from people saying, "Oh, I'm, we're going to go here. I'll see you here," and <laughs> so it's awesome. I, we can't wait. Yeah. So um, I think we've got one or two spaces um, in the Netherlands. Uh, that's the residential from Thursday the 4th of May to Sunday the 7th of May. Residential um, event. We've got two or three spaces left. Um, if you're interested, go to fatherheart.uk slash deeper homecoming or just go to the events page and follow the links. Uh, the following weekend, 12th, 13th of May in Gloucester. We've got loads of space, uh, plenty of space available. That's non-residential. You can show up for the whole thing, Friday evening and Saturday, or you can just show up for the Friday or the Saturday. Um, we'll also be in the church on the Sunday morning in Gloucester, and then we're up in Bridge North on Sunday evening um, with Mike and Sue, Norman and Johanna, and all the folk up there. So... Um, come and join us we'd love to see you um, yes. and what we love about these things is uh, just the opportunity to meet a wider family um, mm. who have seen us and followed us on on these webcasts and th the stuff we do online but to actually meet people in person is always such a treat and yeah. we're, we're really looking forward to that in 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 all of these places that we're going to be so um yeah come and join us if you can we, we'd love to see you yeah so that's um, sure. yeah that's two weeks two weeks today we we meet up we start on the thursday but we'll be getting together in the netherlands on the wednesday of course you guys will be jet lagged um 
Yes, overnight Maybe. flight. So. Overnight flight. <laughs> yeah. But we are looking after you well, Barry, so don't worry. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and yeah, we so appreciate Wynette as well and her her uh, taking care of us well. I might, you know, as what happened last time I was in Am- and, uh, the Netherlands with you, you know, I might need your help to to make some <laughs> travel decisions, but I'm sure it'll all be good. Uh, I'll be I'll be there for you, mate. <laughs> oh, I know you will. <laughs> so yeah, looking forward to that. Um, yeah, so this evening we're just going to have a discussion on breaking the power of shame, which I'm going to kick off just with a few thoughts and then. Barry and I just want to um, bat this around together. Um, but Barry, do, do you just want to pray for us before we get going? Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Father. We thank you that yeah, just the your desire is to for us to exchange our shame for a double portion mm-hmm. of your inheritance. Yeah. And so much of our life, Father, has has been dealing with shame-based um, relationships and whether we didn't do well in school or parents or employers. Father, we, we just ask even in this time together as we just just bat this around and talk about just your heart for us that, uh, that, that you would indeed break the power of shame hmm. in any area of our hearts, Father, that we would be able to just be free to be who you created us to be, knowing we're completely and absolutely loved in the authentic person that you dis- destined us to be before the creation of the world when you loved us. And, and we just pray that uh, even now we would have ears to hear what your spirit is saying. And Father, I pray for Mark as he shares some of these thoughts and, and kicks off this conversation that, uh, yeah, we would just, yeah, yeah it, I just get a sense even as I'm praying, like it's like a, a treasure hunt and there's this big mm-hmm. treasure chest and we're just little boys and little girls opening up this treasure chest and all these amazing gifts from the Father Yeah, that just bring us total freedom to be who he created us to be. So thank you, Father, in advance. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we just look forward to being changed from glory to glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Barry. I'll mm-hmm. um, bring you back in a few minutes. Sounds good. Well... Breaking the power of shame. You know, I've been thinking about this a lot over the last few weeks. And, you know, inevitably when you you think about a topic like this, you can't help but think about your own life and your own walk with Father. And um, so I've been doing a lot of that for myself. (laughs) Because I think shame is something that really, um, it affects us all. In, in some way or another and very often um, we're not real about it we don't face it we, we, we live with it and we learn to live with it and we don't actually realise we can be free from it we just think this is the way we are um, but you know I really believe we can be free and as Barry was saying when he was praying it's being free so that we can really know who we're meant to be, that we can really step into and live in our true identity as sons and daughters. And shame is the thing that stops us. We'll see, we'll see that. Shame is the thing that stops us. It prevents us from walking as sons and daughters because we live under this heavy wet blanket of shame and we're bogged down and we're not free. 
we're not free to be who we're meant to be. And if we can get free from shame, then we can really step into more of the fullness of who we're meant to be as sons and daughters. So I, I hope today as we, we listen, to, as we go through this and as you listen, that the Holy Spirit will really be speaking to you, not to condemn you, but to bring you to a place where you can be free of the shame that you're carrying. That's what I want for me. I want to be free of the shame that I'm carrying around. And I really believe that's what the Father wants for all of us. So this is, you know, today, please don't get into condemnation as I'm talking and as Barry and I are discussing. Um, if something comes up in your life, if something comes up in your heart, Father's revealing it because he wants to set you free. And he wants you to be free so you can live in the fullness of everything he has for you. That's what it's all about. And so that's the joy of um, where we're going with this, this topic today. I want to start in Genesis chapter 2 verse 25. Um, just at the end of the creation, everything's perfect, nothing's gone wrong. Um, God the Father has created this beautiful world for us to enjoy. He's made us a home. He's created Adam and his wife, made them in his image, breathed the breath of life into them. And we read in Genesis chapter 2 verse 25 that Adam and his wife were both naked and they were not ashamed. You see, all was well. Nothing had gone wrong. They were in right relationship with one another. They were in right relationship with their creator and with their father. Because nothing had gone wrong, because they were in right relationship, they didn't mind God the Father and one another, each other, seeing their nakedness because they had no reason to hide they were completely vulnerable. They were completely transparent. Everything was okay. And they could walk in that beautiful openness, that beautiful vulnerability, that beautiful intimacy, because nothing had been spoiled. They were not aware of anything being wrong, simply because nothing was wrong. They were content in their true identity as God's son and daughter. And God the Father, you know, he came into the garden in the cool of the day. He walked with them, he talked with them, he met with them. And they had that beautiful oneness with him. There was no need to hide because nothing had gone wrong. And that's, you know, that's the heart of the Father. That's the... That's how the Father wants us to see our relationship with him. That there's nothing between us. There's nothing we have to hide from. There's nothing that we have to hide behind. That we can be like Adam and his wife. We can be content with our vulnerability. We can be content with our nakedness. You know, that openness where everything is on show because there's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing to hide from. That's the relationship the Father wants to restore to us. And as we look at this whole topic of breaking the power of shame, that's the goal, that we are restored back into this beautiful relationship of openness and vulnerability with the Father where all is well. Now, you know, of course, we, 
we start in Genesis 2 verse 25 and then straight afterwards comes Genesis chapter 3 and we know what happened the, the you know the serpent comes to the woman and says did God really say and he sows Satan sows a question of doubt into their minds did God really say and basically Satan is telling them a lie he's saying God cannot be trusted you know God said if you eat the fruit of the tree as a knowledge of good and evil you will surely die and Satan says no 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 you won't die but you will become like him see that was a lie because we know that death entered the human race we know that death brought separation in their relationship with the father we know that they had been made in his image they already were like him and they lost that through that lie of satan the lie caused them to doubt the nature and the character of their father it was subtle you know it was based almost on a a series of half truths and we read in genesis chapter 3 verse 7 you know seven or eight verses after that verse we just looked at at the end of chapter 2 genesis chapter 3 verse 7 the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked and so they made fig coverings of fig leaves and hid themselves and we know the story goes on that God the Father comes into the garden and says, Adam, where are you? And Adam comes out eventually of his hiding place and he says, I was afraid and so I hid. And in those few verses there in, in Genesis chapter 3, we've got the whole picture, the whole beginning of the power of shame in our lives. You know, their eyes were opened and suddenly they were aware that they had something to hide from. More importantly, they had someone to hide from. You see, suddenly, because of believing that lie, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, they realised that, you know, they were not content anymore with their nakedness. They were not content with that openness. They were not content with that vulnerability and so they covered themselves with fig leaves. You know, that sin, that lie, had caused them to realise, to look at themselves in a different light. And to believe that God the Father would look at them in a different light as well. And so they chose to hide. They were no longer content with their vulnerability. They were no longer content with their intimacy. And so they hid. They didn't like themselves. Suddenly their frailty and their human weakness, their fallen human weakness was on display. And it wasn't very attractive. They'd been happy being seen. But now they couldn't bear it. You see, the fruit of the lie, and this is where shame gets a hold of us. The fruit of the lie goes beyond doing something wrong the fruit of the lie made them believe that they were wrong and that's the difference between guilt and shame when we feel guilty we we are aware that we have 
done something. It's an action. It's external and we believe we can put it right. You know, I am guilty of doing something wrong. It's an action. It's something we've done. But shame goes much further than that. Shame is much more internal. And shame says, not only have I done something wrong, but shame says, I am wrong. And we believe a lie about ourselves, which is a very, very strong internal emotion and feeling. And we believe intrinsically that we are a bad person. You know, we haven't just done something wrong, but we believe that we are bad. That's what shame does, is it distorts the lie and it makes the lie very, very personal so that we believe that we are a bad person. We lose our original identity as sons and daughters and we, we become aware of our fallenness, our brokenness. We, be, we become aware of the wrongness and so we try and cover ourselves like Adam and his wife did with fig leaves. Um, you know, we don't want to be seen. We're no longer content with that vulnerability. And we don't want to be seen by one another. And we don't want to be seen by God. And suddenly, everything is not well. You know, at the end of chapter two, everything was okay. There was no need to fear anything because nothing had gone wrong. But now, it's all gone wrong. And Adam and his wife have gone off and hid. And when God comes in the garden, Genesis 3 verse 10, the man says, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. I was afraid of my vulnerability. I was afraid of what you would see in me. And so I hid. And the first thing I want to say about shame is shame always causes fear. You know, before the fall, Adam and his wife, they were naked and no shame. And now they are aware of what's gone wrong. And that causes fear. They were afraid. See, fear be believes that we will be punished. First John 4 verse 18. Perfect love casts out all fear because fear has to do with punishment. See, when we live in love, we have no need to fear because love drives out fear. But when we live in fear, we believe that being wrong, doing, not just doing things wrong, but being wrong will cause us to be rejected. And so there's this fear of being rejected, so we hide. Like Adam and his wife, they went and hid. You know, they covered themselves as fig leaves, they hid their true identity, and then they went and hid in the garden, away from their father. You see, what they're trying to do is they are trying to control their lives. And that's what we do. When we live in shame, we try to control our life. We try and take matters into our own hand. We think we will protect ourselves. We think that our fig leaves, be it work, church, ministry, all these other things, we think that those fig leaves will hide us and we play a game to maintain that hiddenness because we don't want our true self to be to be seen. So we end up falling into this cycle of fear, being hidden and taking, you know, controlling our own life, trying to trying to um, 
protect ourselves. We, we, we have this attitude, I think, if I can control my life and I can control my environment, no one will know and no one will see that I am wrong. No one will ever know. That's what we're trying to do. You see, shame has told us the lie that we are no good, that we are wrong, that we are a bad person. And that's the last thing we want anybody to see. So we try and control our life to project a false image of everything being okay, when of course it isn't. You know, we become uncomfortable with vulnerability and openness, and so we end up hiding. And we end up in this exhausting cycle of shame, which is shame leading to fear, fear leading to hiding away, hiding away leading to control. And so we have this cycle of shame, fear and control. And it's a game. And it's a game we all play. And even as I've been looking at this over the last few weeks, it's, it's a game I play. Because I believe we all suffer from shame. And the Father wants to break the power of that shame in our life so we can live in our new identity rather than the false identity that we've created for ourselves. So Adam and his wife believed a lie. I just want to look very briefly at how that lie can work in our lives. Because, you know, very often it's subtle. It's very often a, subtle, a series of subtle questions about ourselves that take us down a, um, a slippery slope from believing or knowing we've done something wrong to believing that we are wrong. And these lies speak to our heart and they take us down into the pit and we stop believing that we've just done something wrong and we start believing that we are wrong. And when we believe that we are wrong, we are living under this blanket of shame. So the lie works a little bit like this. And you'll probably recognise it, you know. You, you, you know, you know, you know what you hear that, you, you know the lies that you, we listen to, we all listen to them. You know, and very often the first one is, you know, when we do something wrong or when we get, when we mess up again, you know, the, the very often the first lie is, oh, why did you do that again? You know, just a little quiet voice. Why did you do that again? And then it goes, there you go again. Told you so. You did it again. You're not very good, are you, really? You failed. You are a failure. You see, Satan tells us those lies subtly, ramping them up each time. We end up with that final one. You are a failure. And we believe it because... What we did, the action that we did wrong, is converted into a negative belief about ourselves. And we end up being wrapped up in shame. And there are, there are many triggers that cause this lie or this sequence of lies to take a hold of our heart. Things like trauma, generational problems, um, burdens that we carry, national identity you know, national characteristics that we take on to ourselves. Um, rejection, childhood jokes, failing to meet expectations, you know, being made the scapegoat for things, our belief about ourselves, abuse, neglect, you know, even the lie that we believe about the sins of our fathers that comes onto us. 
You know, maybe our failed dreams, our failed careers, bankruptcy, uh, our physical looks. You know, we, we all believe the lies and the lies get a hook into us very often through many of those different things. And they build on, on each other. And that's why we believe that all is not well. And our conclusion is, all is not well, therefore I am wrong. And shame has come upon us and we're living under this blanket of shame, believing that we are wrong. You know, what started as doing things wrong or, or lies that we believed become a belief about ourselves. I am wrong. Therefore, I will hide away because I'm frightened and I will control my life to try and project a good image of me so everybody thinks I'm wonderful when I know really I'm not. When I know in my heart, when I believe in my heart that I'm a failure. And so shame grips us. And you can probably recognise that in your own life. But... You see, we, we live with, with this struggle and because we live in fear, we ask ourselves questions about ourselves. You know, what will other people think of me? How will people react to me? You know, what, what, what if other people find out what I'm really like? You know, I will be punished. I will be rejected. I'm no good. And fear paralyzes us. It locks us into this cycle where we feel absolutely paralysed and we do not believe there's any way out of it. And we play a game. We try to play a game to make ourselves look good, but it's exhausting because what we're trying to do is control the uncontrollable. You know, like fig leaves, it's high maintenance. You know, fig leaves are pretty rubbish for making clothing out of. They're very dry, they're very brittle, and you need to replace them two or three times a day because they really don't do the job. You know, I often say that banana leaves would have been better, but fig leaves really don't do the job. They're high maintenance. And when we live under shame, the game we play is high maintenance because we're continually trying to control our environment because we don't want to let ourselves be seen for who we believe we've become. We can't show our true self because we believe it is bad and wrong. And so we build a, we build a wall around our, our heart. We become independent. And shame makes us feel inadequate and insignificant. And that's, that's shame, you know, in a nutshell, that's what shame does. But we're not leaving it there because the topic of today is being free from the power of shame. And I want to give you hope because we might feel as if it's not good, if, it's, if all is not well. But redemption and restoration is what our father does brilliantly. And he always has a way of restoration. He always has a way of redemption for each one of us to bring us out of this shame into the glorious freedom of the sons of God. You know, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And that's the truth. And if you are suffering and um, 
feeling the weight of shame, I want to encourage you to read that verse over and over again and speak it to yourself, speak it to your heart. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ and you and I, we are in Christ Jesus. That's that's who we are. That's our position in him. And, you know, one of the important things for us as we deal with shame is to acknowledge the fact that we believe the lie. And the way through that is to, to face that lie with godly sorrow and godly grief because that leads us to repentance. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 9 to 10. You know, godly sorrow brings us to repentance. And we have to acknowledge the fact that we have believed a lie and acknowledge that we believed a lie probably knowingly, albeit subtly. And so we acknowledge that and we come to a place of repentance. And that's not a word we like to bandy around very often, but I believe it's a key for us being free, is to acknowledge, even if we're living under a cloud of shame that has been put upon us by our parents or our teachers or um, through a whole lot of circumstances that may have happened years ago, the fact is we've believed a lie. We may have believed that lie when we were five years old, 10 years old, 15 years old, 20 years old, but we've believed the lie. And as we acknowledge that, that's, I believe, the first step and come in a place with godly sorrow in our heart. That leads us to a place of repentance. And as you know, repentance, as we, we've often said here, repentance is basically turning around and walking in the other direction. You know, we're walking one way and we turn around and we walk the other way. So repentance is basically saying, I have been walking this way, believing a lie, and I choose to stop walking in that direction, and I choose to walk in this direction. Um, that's the first, I believe that's the starting point for all of us. Because as we recognize that the inner attitude is a lie, and we bring it into the light, we bring it into the truth of the light of the word of God and to the truth of the light of the spirit of God. Um, and we bring that shame to the cross and believe that our shame was dealt with on the cross. That that's when we can begin to walk away and leave the lie behind. Now, I'm making it sound very simplistic. And I, I know for many of us, it's, it's more of a challenge because the walking away when we've lived with a lie for a long time, we become conditioned by it. And when we choose to walk in a different way, we, we're choosing to live by a different spirit. We're choosing to live by a different mindset. And this lie has gripped us and had a hold on us, maybe for many years. And so I know the challenge of saying goodbye to that lie and walking in this direction is sometimes maybe more complex and longer than I'm making it sound in, in, in just in talking about it but it's the pathway of redemption and the good thing is we don't do it on our own we do it because our father is with us and we do it because we see that our true identity is in him we do it because we begin we cannot do this until we begin to know we're loved by the father 
until we begin to experience the Father pouring his love in our heart because as he pours his love into our heart it strengthens our heart to say no to the lie and yes to the belief of our true identity of who we are as sons and daughters. So if you are feeling that weight of shame upon you I want to encourage you to own the lie that you've believed repent of it and walk into freedom believe what the father believes about you and see that your control is a cover or a pretense and let the walls come down once again so that you don't mind being seen as you are because God the father accepts you and so I want to bring Barry back in just now and and really just to sort of unpack this because um you know I, I I believe that when we turn away from the direction we've been walking in and we begin to walk in the truth of who the Father says we are, then we find freedom. And that's what we want, isn't it? We want freedom. And it's it starts with recognizing and repenting, but it also starts with having an open heart to receive love. Because as we receive love, when we receive the Father's perfect love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, that assurance of being love sets us on the pathway uh, to our freedom. So, Barry, um, come and add your your words of wisdom, my friend. Well, awesome, my brother. That, that say yes and amen to everything you said. I think uh, shame is <coughs> is something that um, of course, when you said causes us to run and hide, right? And and it, it tries to shut us down. And 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 again, it's the idea of our core identity. And it's not what we do, but it's who we are. And that's what uh, I think we've all struggled with. That I know when I, growing up for me with uh, <clears throat> wanting to please my father, even on the, on the judo mat, for instance, you know when I'd lose uh, a fight and you'd feel like I let my dad down. Um, if you're not achieving, if you're not performing, then that's when shame comes, right? Because all of a sudden your identity is so connected with uh, a perceived um, idea of what is right or who you should be. And uh, yeah. And, and so I, I certainly battled shame. I have battled shame in, you know, you know, of course uh, it's a bit of a continuum at, at times. Right. But yeah. I, I remember one time, that uh, I received prayer ministry, uh, and I actually didn't even know it at the time, but I was dealing with with shame. And um, in, in the core lie was, um, I'm not enough, hmm. and 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 I'm a disappointment. Yeah. And I didn't I didn't even know that. I just you know of course you have this engine that keeps you per, in the pursuit of achieving. Hmm. And and I didn't even know that the very basis of that achievement in the pursuit was because I felt like I was never enough the way I was. And the thing that was amazing in that time, and it wasn't, you know, something like a, a big heavenly vision, but in my spirit when I was ministered to on that, I, I don't know if anybody's ever seen The Lion King. Mm. Uh, it's certainly that <clears throat> when our kids were younger, the cartoon version. And in that, in that for, for those who haven't seen it, it's you know of course a, a story of a uh, an alpha male lion and he's at one point he is actually um, displaying his newborn son to the kingdom and so you know oftentimes as 
as as parents, we would lift up a child and look in their look at them in their eyes. But in this actual scene in the movie, the the the, the child was turned outward, mm-hmm. and so the father was so delighted with the, his little lion cub that he was just, just showing him off to the whole kingdom. And in that time that I was re- received this ministry, I I actually had this picture that the father was taking me, this little boy who struggled to feel value and he was like displaying me mm-hmm. outward showing me to his kingdom and there was just something again when you when you talked about this idea that you know fear is connected with with this idea of of shame and of course how perfect love casts out fear and it's like when we it's not us dealing with it ourselves in the sense of yeah. it's like just receiving love and love deals with it right and and one of the things that I that you said that I thought was really important, you know, and of course it's this, you know, that the word met, uh, repentance, the Greek word is metanoia, which means to really have this about face, this mm-hmm. this metamorphosis in our understanding, right? And, uh, and of course, that's when uh, Romans twelve two says that we're not to be conformed to this world any longer, but transformed by the renewing of our mind. And that word transformed is that metamorphosis. And and that's mm-hmm. kind of the going from the caterpillar to the butterfly, right? And, and the truth is shame tells us we're the caterpillar. Yeah. But the father's love says, no, you're my butterfly, if, if that makes any sense. And, um, yeah, and I think one of the really practical things, I, I remember reading Brennan Manning, if anybody's heard of Brennan Manning, uh, an amazing author, amazing revelation of the Father Heart of God, Catholic priest. And I can remember him saying, and this isn't an exact quote, but he said, oftentimes we will think thoughts about ourselves, negative thoughts, that we would never think about other people. Yeah. But we give permission for us to beat ourselves up uh, uh, in ways that we would never, we'd be horrified to think about uh, thinking that about other people. So one of the things I think is a very practical thing is is if, if we are having those negative thoughts, those condemning thoughts, you know, just to ask yourself, would you think about, would you give yourself permission to think about other people with, with the same thoughts? And of course, the answer is, of course not. Well, then we ought not to, you know, <laughs> agree with that ourselves, right? And yeah. and uh, I know, and I, I think I've mentioned this before, probably many times, that when, when there in, in the past, when there has been those those moments when um, kind of maybe a criticism on the internet or something kind of gets mm-hmm. through the armor, and it really hurts, you know, I, it's like. I feel that instead of listening to it and dwelling on it and agreeing mm-hmm. with it, uh, the, the best thing for me to do, and I'm not saying I, I don't always do, I, sometimes I do listen and dwell and agree with it way too much than I should, but it's when I come to Papa and I say, Papa, can you tell me who I am? Yeah. And it's like just being able to recenter to to hear him say how much he loves me. And mm-hmm. I, I really believe like what you said, this, the shame is this, incredible um it imprisons us yeah right in in in, because we're afraid and we we're we're it's not like you said it's not even about something we've done wrong it's like who we are and i just believe that um you know i i was just looking for the scripture i couldn't find it or um yeah actually it was um romans 10 11 he who believes in upon him jesus will not be put to shame yeah and I think here's, you know, the idea that we have, just like the prodigal son, right? When he mm-hmm. was on, on his way home, you know, he braced, he had this 
the script that he made up and he was going to, you know, say to his father that he's no longer worthy to be a son, let me serve. And he was, he was kind of bracing himself for maybe that shameful response that, you know, shame on you, as, as we were told as kids oftentimes. And what did the father do? He wouldn't even let him finish and he just fell upon him and he couldn't stop kissing him. And he honored him with a ring of authority and uh, his royal robes to cover his, yeah. his, his, uh, the dirt and the the stench of his garments and and shoes for sandals for his feet, and I truly believe if if any of us feel that we're bracing ourselves for that that similar response that maybe we had with our own parents or employers or school mm-hmm. teachers or the things that have caused trauma in our life, I truly believe that you know we are totally in for the, a glorious surprise when we realize how the father actually responds to us not not as if other people have and and so i think that can be when you're talking about that repentance that metanoia of of saying you know that's not the truth and and to me if you if you need to or if i need to, to ask the father to tell me who i am 20 times a day <laughs> then do it to say father would you just recenter me into who i really am and of course scripture can really help with that too yes. as like you said is you know declaring you know Romans 8 1 there is therefore now no condemnation, condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus we are not under any condemnation and uh, of course conviction is different conviction leads to remedy immediately in love where condemnation makes a statement about who we are full stop without any remedy so yeah, yeah. right on bro it's, it's amazing yeah and just going back to the Lion King Barry um at the, towards the end of the the the, the movie, um, Simba, the the young lion who's been shown off at the beginning, this is my son, yay! You know, he he he's a bit like the prodigal son. Yeah. He goes off on his own, and um, um, in the end, the, the monkey brings him back to the truth and takes him to this pool of water, and he, you know, it's a, he stirs a pool of water and he sees an image of his father in this 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 water. And his father says, remember, remember who you are. Yeah. Remember who you are. You see, here's this guy, the prodigal, you know, full of shame. You know, he's, he's, he's not come up to the mark. He's failed. And he, he thinks he's no good. This little lion thinks he's no good. But the father says to him, remember who you mm-hmm. are. And then he says this. He says, you are more than you've become. Mm. and I think that's a really powerful sentence you know that's what the father says to us you are more than what you've become you see when we believe the lie of shame we become Mm. this diminished person we don't Mm. live in our true identity we don't live in the fullness of everything that God has for us and what he says to us is remember remember who you are you are my son you know, you are my daughter. You are more than you've become. You know, and it's yeah. that sentence that turns um, the, the, the young lion, Simba, isn't it? it turns him round and he, and he runs back um, to deal and face his past, to deal with his past. And, uh, you know, he, he finds freedom because he's heard those words, you are more than you've become. And that's the thing mm. about shame. Shame wants to keep us in a prison. But there's more. The Father says to each one of us, there is more. You are more. You are more than you've become. See, yeah. it's where Barry started when he prayed at the beginning. You know, we are sons and daughters. 
Mm. And the Father wants to bring us back into the fullness Mm. of our true identity. You know, John 16, verse 27, the Father himself loves you. The Father himself is loving you right now. You know, just say that, the Father's loving me. The Father's Mm. loving me. Yes, that's the truth. Speak those words to yourself. Yeah. You know, the, the last words Jesus said in John 17, before he went to the cross, you know, Father, I want them to know that they're loved, just like you love me. You mm. know, walk around your house saying that. Father, you love me just like you love Jesus. I'll tell you yeah. what, it does you a lot of good. <laughs> you know, you start to feel, you start to believe who you are. You start to believe that you're loved and live in love. Mm. I think of that scripture that says, "Let God be true, and every man a liar." And, mm. and basically, what it's saying is that we to to be able, and, and my understanding anyway, is that in comparison to to God's truth and His, it, when He says something, it is it is the truth, and it's eternal, and we yeah. can take it to the bank. You know, our feelings lie, our culture lies, our our actions lie, our all yeah. kinds of things in our life are, are deceptions, right? And I, I really believe that the Father wants us to come back to that place where, Father, you tell me who I am. I will yeah. believe it. I will declare it. You know, you know, even it's like even the uh, the man who wanted to, uh, Jesus to heal his, his son and Jesus said, do you believe? And he goes, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. <laughs> <laughs> so even if it's like, Lord, I, I believe this, but I, I don't believe it. Help my theories. I don't believe it. And yeah. and I just believe that the Father, it, like he just so wants us to believe yeah. this and so wants us to be rooted and grounded in his love and his care and yeah. that we would not you know Jesus talked about the the father of lies that says that when he lies John 8 uh, 41 to 44 he said when he lies he speaks his native language mm-hmm. and he will continually try to try to try to twist and distort yeah. our who we really are like he did with Adam and Eve in That's the garden true. right yeah. it just yeah. You know, did God really say? And I truly believe, and one of the things I had to send, you know, we have, uh, Mark and I both have spectacular grandchildren. And I, I just remember, especially when the little ones were just in diapers and, you know, and mom's trying to change the, the, the diaper. Then all of a sudden that little one breaks free of the diaper and just starts running around the house. <laughs> and they're, just, they're oblivious to anything. Yeah. There, and again, there's that naked and unashamed. And I believe that and maybe somebody's listening today and, and, Maybe like me, because I've struggled with this, a self-consciousness that you mm-hmm. feel like you're comparing yourself to other people. You're measuring yourself and always f- feeling wanting. Uh, I, I just believe that the Father wants to come by his Holy Spirit. And he wants to just give us this glorious um, this, yeah. uh, uh, lack of this, this, you know, this awareness of, of the, our nakedness and knowing that, you know, of, of course, that I even the, the idea that when I, Adam and Eve had these fig leaves, and of course, it was a poor covering. The Father, in His love, provided mm-hmm. animal skins. Yes, you know, just, yeah. you know, just because, you know, and again, He could have, you know, said, "Shame on you for trying this," <laughs> but he, he, he was compassionate, mm-hmm. and and He just His heart went out to them. And I just believe that no matter what we're struggling with, and you said it earlier, Mark, that just the idea that there's no condemnation, there's no shame. We we all struggle with it. This is. You know, this is part of the human condition, but the yeah. Father wants to, instead of our shame, as I said in Isaiah 61, verse 7, my, uh, my people 
they can receive a double portion of their inheritance. And the double portion in the, in the, in the family is the firstborn inheritance, and that is our, our big brother. And can you imagine, like, think about this for a second. If we could do an exchange, because this is in exchange for your shame, they will receive a double portion. Would, could we dare to give the Father our shame and get back a double portion of our inheritance? That's a pretty yeah. good deal, I think. It is, yeah. yeah. Let's just pray. Yeah. Let's just ask the Father to break the power of shame in our lives. Yeah. And, you know, Barry, maybe you just want to pray that we receive that double portion. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's... That's what we want, eh? We want that double portion. Yeah. Yeah, so Father, I just want to put it in my own heart. Father, we just thank you that your kingdom is upside down to the world kingdom. Yeah. It's really right side up. (laughs) And you have deliberately chosen the weak things of this Mm. world. To confound the strong, the poor things, to confound the rich, the the foolish things, to confound the wise. And Father, that means that we're included, that we we're not one person is left out. And so, Father, would would even this revelation of of instead of their shame, my people will receive a double portion of their inheritance. Father, would could we dare today to make that exchange to? to give you anything that causes us to to be afraid or to hide or to feel less than who you created us to be. You know, I just encourage you, if there's anything that comes to your mind as you're, just say, Father, I just give this to you. I give you this struggle. And in exchange, Father, would you, It's I just think of even the, the prodigal son, that would, would you just wrap your robe of royalty around me? Would you would you put your ring of authority on my, my hand? And would you just give me sandals for my my road weary bare feet? Sandals of sunship. So Father, we we do this by faith. But even in our faith, we know that when we're even when we're faithless, you remain faithful. Because you cannot deny yourself. And so Father, we come with just that trusting, knowing that that you will do more for us than we could ever ask for, hope, or imagine. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Can I just encourage you just to, you know, just in these few moments where you know you've believed a lie that has led to you mm. believing that not, have, not only have you done something wrong, but you are somebody wrong. Can I just encourage you just to acknowledge those lies and repent before the Father, just not in any guilt, not in any condemnation, but just to acknowledge that belief of a lie which mm. has led to the shame just coming upon you just acknowledge that and Mm. just now in your heart decide to choose Mm. to walk in a different direction the the pathway of freedom Mm. 
Father, we thank you that perfect love casts out all fear. Yeah. And whereas shame makes us afraid, whereas shame makes us hide in our fear, whereas shame makes us comfortable with fear, Father, we, I just pray, Father, that by the power of your Spirit, you would pour your love into our hearts, mm. that we would know that we're loved, irrespective of what we've done or what we believe about ourselves, we would know that we're loved. Father, I pray for that revelation of love to be downloaded into our hearts. Yeah. So that we believe that you, almighty God, just happen to be our Papa. Yeah. And you're loving us right now. Yeah. And that love drives that fear away. And we don't have to hide. We can come out into the open and say, I am loved. I am loved. Father, pour your love into our hearts. Set us free from this power of shame that has so easily grips us. That we would believe like little Simba in the Lion King that we are more than we've become. We are more than we've become because we're your sons, mm. we're your daughters. You've redeemed us. Yeah. You've restored us. We really want to remember tonight, Father, in our spirit, who we really are. Thank you, Father. Mm. encourage us to live in the freedom that the Father's bringing to us. You know, what we've mm. talked about tonight is a huge, huge thing. And uh, sometimes that journey out of shame is just that. It's a journey. Mm. Yeah. You know, and I just want to encourage you to stick with what you've heard. Stick with what the Father said. Stick with what you believe the Father mm. is staying, saying about you. Mm. And just allow your heart to walk in a different direction. Mm. The direction of truth. Remember who you are so thank you thank you all for joining us thank you Barry Uh, we'll be back next week Um, but the week after that two weeks time we won't be doing a webcast because we'll be getting ready for our weekend in the Netherlands but come and join us next Wednesday same time same place thank you all very much bless you everyone